The way the SEC stacks up in 2023 could benefit the Auburn Tigers, and our ballots at SEC Media Days reflect just that. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Daryl Dapper, Montgomery Radio Vet. It's our final day in Nashville as SEC Media Days are coming to a close, but that means we all put in our ballots for uh, the preseason going into 2023. And as we filled out our ballots, we recognized that this season, it kind of plays out well for the Auburn Tigers because after the top two, Alabama and LSU, they're interchangeable at one and two. We'll reflect that in just a second when we share our ballots. But after that, it's kind of just a guess, Daryl. And I think that could benefit the Auburn Tigers because one or two wins is going to go a long way this season. I have Alabama winning the SEC West. You have LSU. I have LSU just based upon quarterback play and some of the things that I've seen from a roster. I think it's hard when you come into a season and there's a big question mark at quarterback to win that division. It's so tough. It's tough. And then we have the opposite for two. So I've got LSU two. He has Alabama two. And then after that, it gets a little crazy. We both put Texas A&M and then we put Auburn at four. And it stacks up well, this season does, just because I think those road wins at Arkansas, and the the two home games against the two Mississippi schools, I think all of those Auburn should be favored in going into those games. And I think if that's the case and you're able to take care of business in those three games, I think that'll put you fourth in the SEC West. Three through seven is so close. I mean, it is absolutely a crapshoot three through seven. So it's a perfect year for Auburn. Can, can I adjust the stipulation, say three through six? Because I just don't believe the Mississippi State. True. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, okay. I think after let's let's just say after two, you know, and you, and you can just go sure. as far as pecking order. But I think that if there's ever a year to come into the league with an unknown as a head coach and who your starting quarterback's going to be, I don't think you win a Western Division title when you don't know who your starting quarterback's going to be. But I think you could make a push and finish higher than you did last year. Auburn's in a good situation where there's just a bunch of teams jumbled together. Yeah. There's a lot of question marks. And then think about this. You talk about the cross-referencing playing each other. Mm-hmm. The difference in Auburn finishing fourth and sixth may be a game that you get to go play at Vanderbilt when someone else goes to Tennessee. Interesting. Or someone else goes to South Carolina or that Florida. SEC East draw. The SEC draw. Mm-hmm. Maybe the difference in getting one more conference rent win. Maybe the difference between three and five and four and four, which could catapult you into that fourth spot. Yeah, I mean, one win in the SEC West is going to be tremendous. That's how close I think they're going to be jumbled. I think you're going to see separate. I think you're going to see teams tied yeah. with records, and then it's going to be the head-to-head. And then you're going to see a lot of teams right behind each other one game out because of the way the schedule plays out. I mean, I've talked to several media folks this week, and we talk about the SEC West because once they figure out you're from Auburn, they're like, what in the world are y'all going to do this year? Because it's, you know, opinions are all over the place. And there's so many people that think there's going to be three or four, seven and five teams in could, the SEC. Could West. be. And, and I think Auburn will be one of them. And then when you take that seven and five and break it down, is Auburn seven and five because they go four and oh in, co- in non conference and then only win three SEC games? Yeah. Is it that they lose one to Cal on the road and slip up, slip up and get one back in conference and go four and four? There are so many different variables and formulas yeah. on how you could get to that seven, five, or eight and four. And Vandy. The Vandy game factors into that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, you know, 
as far as the seven and five thing is like, I think Auburn will go four and zero in non-conference. I, I just, I think Cal's okay. That's a game Auburn needs. Auburn should never lose to Cal in football. Yeah, well, they just show. I know exactly what you're saying, and I think the fact that they're <laughs> going to go out there in the second game of the year and it's going to be you know different for this football team, but maybe that's a good thing. Get them out on the road. Get them bonded up a lot. That's how football teams mature. Late night start. Cal's got some transfers, but if Auburn does that. Auburn and, has transfers too. Yes. If Auburn <laughs> goes 4-0 in non-conference, then you feel like they'll go three and five in the SEC to get to seven and five, or do you think they get to eight wins? I say I think they go four and four in the SEC. That's my prediction. Yeah, the more people I've talked to, the more I think about it, I, I'm kind of with you, just because I think they're going to beat Vandy, and I think they're going to the the two. Can you beat both Mississippi schools at home, and can you win in Arkansas on the road? That that's where it gets tricky to me. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's like you, I think you can. I think I, you look at Georgia and LSU, and you look at those, and okay, those are losses, even though they, you know, I mean, you got to play the games, and then you say, okay, at A and M is what I have, and then one of those that we all talked that we just talked about, either Arkansas or one of the Mississippi schools, I think Auburn's going to drop. I don't know which one, and then that gets you at four and four. But if you get to eight and four, and you're four and four in the conference, and you finish fourth in the West, and then you go win your bowl game, you talk about the momentum that yeah. that creates for the. I mean, Auburn fans going, okay, we were. You know, won five games last year. This year, we've won nine. That's a plus four. We've won a bowl game. Recruiting's hot. You're at the upward trajectory at that point. I think so. And then the the whole proof of concept, which is kind of the big thing missing in Auburn's recruiting pitch to top recruits right now. That's the final piece of the puzzle. I think that's enough. If that's the point, I, I think you get enough to kind of add that to the tool belt uh, of things that you know these ace recruiters can do. Whether it's Hugh Freeze or Zach Gethridge, it doesn't matter who it is. I think it's enough to say, hey, we did this with that talent, a team, a roster we kind of duct taped together in six months. Imagine what we could do with you. It's the only reason why, and it's a great point, this proof of concept. It's the only thing I dislike about early signing day because to me and to an 18-year-old kid, eight and four looks different than nine and four in a great bowl win in Florida. You think? I do. I, I do. I don't know if I I'm telling you the 2010 year I was in Florida and ran into a couple of Auburn coaches when they said they talked about, you know, Cam, they were visiting down in Florida and they were at Disney World and they were talking about Cam Newton. And that that Outback Bowl win propelled them to get two or three more recruits on board in that class that okay. signed in February. Trooper and those guys swung that and said, man, come be a part of a New Year's Day Bowl with us. Look what we did. Look how much fun we had. I get what you're saying in this day of of NIL, but I think psychologically eight and four looks different than nine and four with an Outback Trophy victory. Or, Not that that out winning the Outback Bowls that big, but I'm saying it it's about momentum and it's about recency bias. And you've seen Auburn on TV win a bowl game and host hoist the trophy. And if you're a recruit and you have a month to decide where you want to go, that may help propel you. That ship's already sailed with early signing day. That's true. Or you know. Maybe a, a thousand fans get fired up and they're like, man, we finally won a bowl game. Well, I kind of forgot what this felt like. And then NIL gets it affected. That's right. Yep. That's right. And all of a sudden they're getting an extra, you know, several thousand dollars a month. And that's another player. Yeah. So it's the only, it's the only aspect of it. I mean, I know that in this day and age, a lot of those ships have sailed by the time you get to, but you might get two or three big dogs that walk late that may swing that direction because of winning that bowl game. And we'll see how much fun. I we'll mean, see. I don't know how they do visits, but that would, that, I think that would be telling. We'll see. So, my full, uh, my full SEC West: Alabama, LSU, A&M, Auburn, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. I have LSU, Alabama, A&M, Auburn, Ole Miss, 
Arkansas, Mississippi State. Okay, so we've got Ole Miss and Arkansas flipped as well. Yep. So, all right. There were a lot of takeaways from this busy week here in Nashville at SEC Media Days. We share some of those in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or you get your money back. Just because, in, like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop eBay Motors, uh, it is the name of the game there. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll get back in the game in no time. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only applies to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Auburn family, let's ride. Daryl, when you look at what happened over the last few days in Nashville, the biggest thing, and we 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 touched on it yesterday to some extent, but we talked to other media members, and just the the overall perception of Robbie Ashford is higher outside of Auburn than within the Auburn fan base, which is interesting. And on the other side of the coin, I think the opinion of Peyton Thorne is lower than what I really expected. I thought there'd be some energy of like, oh, Hugh Freeze went out and got Peyton Thorne. It hasn't been that at all. In fact, a lot of people have been like, where did he play again? So it's kind of an unknown move more so like outside of Auburn. I wasn't really expecting that. It proves to me that a lot of the media really ride with the known factor narrative. They know who Robbie is. They saw him play last year. They assume he's the incumbent. So I'm going to just say this. I mean, I'm not when we talk about Robbie Ashford, we talk about being the takeaway in the narrative from SEC Media Days. I am in no way making a prediction in this quarterback race or pumping up or trying to, you know, push a narrative that he needs I, to be the quarterback. I'm just I saying. Mean, I'll make a prediction. I, I still think Peyton Thorne's the starter. So do I. Okay. So do I. So All I right. just think the reason why his name has come up so much is because he's the known factor and Peyton Thorne's the unknown factor. It would be safe to say to me when we do. Next next year's SEC media, SEC media days, Peyton Thorne's name will come up a lot more. I just feel that way. I feel like with the kind of year he could potentially have, Rob. They look at Robbie Ashford. They say what a great athlete he is. They say what he. They see what he went through with the coaching staff he had to play for last year, not putting him in good situations. He took a freaking beating, and they go, "Oh, there's just a natural progression that he's going to make because of better coaching staff and better offensive line." That may be true. Yes, but is that enough of a leap to beat out Peyton Thorne? I don't think so. And so. He he is somebody whose name has come up more positively, but I think it's by default because he's the known factor where Peyton Thorne, for a lot of these guys that didn't do research or really didn't dig deep, uh, is the unknown. Mm -hmm. Right. Then my second takeaway was a little outside of Auburn, more about the SEC for a second, but outside of the star treatment that Saban and Kirby got, the next biggest star in this league right now, just from people following him around and like media quest, appeared to be LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, and that surprised me. Yeah, I agree. I, that that surprised me as well too. And I, he's kind of, I guess, positioned himself 
into the top three quarterback conversation in the well, SEC. Th that's kind of my question is like, who's the face of who's the player face of the SEC right now? And it, it, <laughs> it, it might be Jaden Daniels. And if it is, it, it speaks again, in my opinion, it speaks volumes and it speaks very well that there's not that dominant. You've always had that dominant player. It was Bryce Young. It was Tua. I mean, last year you could even say it was Bryce Young and Stetson Bennett because he'd been there since the Reagan administration. Sure. But, you know, it's one of those situations where there isn't that face. There isn't that dominant player. I know a lot of the Arkansas people want to say it's KJ Jefferson, but I don't think he's the best quarterback in the league. I, I think Will I, Rogers is. I think the SEC wants it to be KJ Jefferson, but it's just you're at Arkansas. Yeah. I'm sorry. And I still think that, again, Rodgers is a better quarterback. So it's interesting. He, Daniels has elevated himself. And remember, this is a kid. It's not like he came, he splashed onto the scene last year out of nowhere, out of high school. He, he had a really good year at ASU at Arizona State the year before. So he's got some veteran leadership. He's got some experience. And so, yeah, he's positioned himself into that that talking point of maybe being a top three quarterback in the conference. But why can't Peyton Thorne be that? A year from now. I think he can. You know, a, a situation where it's like he was decent, but like the team around him just wasn't ready. Yeah. And then he goes and transfers and wins the West. Why can't Peyton Thorne do that? Now, LSU's roster around him, I, I think, was is better last year, especially than, than what Auburn has this season. But so, you can scheme that up. I mean, if Peyton Thorne, yes. Zach, throws for 3,000 yards and 22 touchdowns and complete 60% of his passes, which is not pie in the sky, he's no. done it done it twice. Mm -hmm. Then and, and one was a bad year. Exactly. Right. Then he will be the talk of SEC Media Days next year. I, I'm with you. And so I, I just I think Auburn fans should look at Jane Daniels and say different style quarterback, obviously. But as far as impact on a roster, I think the success and attention Jane Daniels is getting should give Auburn fans. There's another quarterback that's no longer in the league that has also set that path that's now selling bush baked beans that have the same type of situation. Hendon Hooker came from Virginia Tech where he was a good quarterback but not a great quarterback under the radar, and he exploded onto the scene playing two years for Tennessee in a new system under a, a right. legitimate head coach. The same situation could happen for Thorne. Good point. Good point. And you know they had big, wide receivers. He just kind of threw it up, and they went to get it. Maybe Shane Hooks, Jair Shorter can help Peyton Thorne out. Any other big takeaways from this week before we talk with Cam Stutz? I really, I know that going into SEC Media Days, it seemed a little bit, of a, and I don't mean any disrespect by this, but a little bit of a head scratcher as to who Auburn selected to bring to SEC Media Days just because of the one was a transfer, a couple of the others didn't really make themselves a mark on the field. Boy, after coming out here and talking to those three representatives, Cam Stutz, Elijah McAllister, and Luke Deal, I am absolutely in the court that Hugh Freeze made a great decision. I can see why he chose these three young men to represent Auburn. It was a great move and leadership, at least that aspect of, of the Auburn football program is in great hands. I'm with you. I'm with you. And, you know, he wants to flex culture, which, you know, the other, other Auburn administration did the same thing. It seems like we're living it here, which is exciting. And I, I, I mean, Elijah was impressive. I mean, the fact that they took him, before ever playing it down at Auburn is why I, I just, I was shocked when I saw that yeah. and I knew he would interview well, just because we've interviewed him before and I was impressed, but yeah, he, um, he's a class act for sure. And, and, and the same with Cam Stutz and Luke deal. I knew really nothing about either. Um, and him kind of sharing his story about, you know, you know, losing his father to ALS. And I remember that happening because Bo Nix like started to go fund me or something yes. for him. I, I, and I was like, Oh, that's a cool way NIL can be used to really help these kids. I like I didn't really think about that at the time. Um, but yeah, so I mean him getting to share that story again um 
I'm sure is was cool for him and I'm sure it, it honored his father well. Here's something too that's an encouraging little nugget that I listened to you freeze in the electronic media room said someone asked him what was the thought process behind taking Cam Stutz? And he said, I'll be honest with you, he's earned it. But he said it was very close with him and Jeremiah Wright. He said, I could have taken Wright just as easy as I could have taken Stutz. They've and both then, shown and, and then to he be paused leaders. And he said, and take, take Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess that tells me from an offensive line standpoint, there has been some leadership there to help with the transition of all the new bodies meshing because you've got three potential starters that are from other schools. Well, actually not potential. I think we can pencil in Britain, Jones, and Wade and say they're going to start. Well, what kind of leadership does that show when someone's coming after your job and you still show leadership and mentoring? And I mean, you know, Cam Stutz talked about what they do off the field and the bonding activities and stuff. So that the that the offensive line, that three offensive linemen has taken the, the leadership mantle is surprising to me, but pleasantly surprising. Yep. Yep. All right. So coming up, our conversation with Cam Stutz. And then also I asked him a few questions in the main media room and I'll go on to reflect on that as well. That's coming up right here on Locked on Auburn. We're joined by Auburn offensive lineman Cameron Stutz. Cam, what's it mean to be here at Media Days and a leader of the Auburn football program? Uh, it's an honor, man, just that, that I was selected and that they felt like I was the, the Auburn man. They wanted to represent them. Um, I've had great people around me the whole way here and um, it's just it's an honor. You are one of the few remaining uh, leftovers from last year's offensive line. Started last year, uh, significant playing time this year. What have you seen is a big difference between how this offensive line has transformed itself from last year? Uh, obviously, with a lot of new dudes coming in, you, you got to build those relationships and that chemistry. And I think we've done a really good job of doing that. Um, focusing on the details, whenever you got a lot of older dudes, uh, that opens you up to to do a little bit more and a little bit more freedom to do things how you want to do. So. Um, I think just build, focusing on those details and building those relationships has, has been really good. I mean, it's got to be wild. You've been here a while, and then you look around and you blink, yeah. and he's brought in nine guys in the first window, and he yeah. brought in you know, Muskrat this past window. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, who, who are these guys? Yeah. Uh, w what team is this? No, nah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but I think we've done a really good job of just getting to know each other. Uh, it, every single dude in that room is, is, a, is a good guy, and everybody's working really hard and, and uh, I'm just excited about getting to go out there and battle with those guys for people that have never been in an offensive line position room. And you talk about how important it is to mesh mm -hmm. and to gel. What are some of the things you guys try to do maybe even off the field to get to know each other, to kind of develop chemistry? We do, we do all kinds of things. I, I know me personally, anything where there's people around, I like to do it. So uh, we, we've been in the movies a couple of times, bowling. Uh, we went and uh, I know they go fishing a lot. There's a, we got a couple of big fishers on the team. So, uh, we go to eat, obviously, in the O-line room. We're going to eat a lot. So uh, just this things like that. Anything where we can hang around each other and just get to know each other. Who eats the most in the offensive line room? Man, I'm going to have to go with me. I'm on a <laughs> diet right now. So, And so that was the second option is Jeremiah. Okay. He's also on a diet right That now. makes sense. So yeah. it's probably going to be one of us. Sure. Are you guys on a diet because of the guard position, trying to slim down quickness, feet, that kind of thing? Definitely a little bit of that, but I think just uh, camp's coming up, so you got to make sure you're on your P's and Q's with your nutrition. Yeah, yeah. As far as uh, focusing on this guard position and into your offensive line in a Hugh Freeze, Philip Montgomery system, how different is this preparation versus the previous regime's offense? Yeah. Uh, I think whenever you're, you're a six-year, you start to learn that football is football, and a lot okay. of the, the run plays and, and pass protection, it all it all starts to run together. Uh, learning the terminology is a really big thing, but um, I think I think we've got it pretty much down pretty good. It's it's yeah. yeah. 
What aspect of offensive line play do you feel like this room's a little more comfortable in? Do you guys feel like you're a little bit ahead of the curve, pass protect or run blocking? Uh, I think we got the guys to do whatever we want to do. Um, everybody's working really hard and just focusing on, on both aspects of that game. So um, I think during the season we'll, we'll be able to, to do, do things we want to do. Cam, we're out of time. Thank you so much, buddy. And best of luck today in this gotcha. season. Thanks, Thank Cam. War Eagle. War Eagle. Great stuff from Cam. Really, really enjoyed getting to talk to him and get to know him a little bit. That interview was a little short. We were cut for time because he, he went from our table to uh, to a stage to talk to uh, to talk to national media. So, um, but one thing that I asked him in the main media room, you know, I asked him about like, welcoming in the transfers, and he said he kind of took it upon his job. Like the room is so tight now that it's you know it wasn't really that big of a deal, and it maybe wasn't necessarily just him. It was just kind of the culture of what we're really trying to instill. So I enjoyed that answer because I think that's the way it needs to be, especially as an offensive line. Because an offensive line is not about individuals. It's about a unit. And you got to find the five guys that really work as a unit, as a well-oiled machine. And, and so I, I think Cam Stutz is going to certainly be a part of that. But then I asked him, I asked him, all right, you go up against the defensive line all the time. What about that room is standing out? And he's like, dude, Jason Jones, it's like he grew six feet and gained 40 pounds that guy is so hard to move. And Jason Jones being a friend of the program thought I'd, uh, I thought I needed that's, to reflect on that. That doesn't surprise. I mean, that's just like telling me and you what we kind of suspected and what we felt. And yeah. I, I just, I really, I mean, in my ballot, I voted him very, very high on the defensive line as this far as all SEC. You, but I did as well. And, I, and it's not because <laughs> of being a homer. It's just because I watched him. I've watched the natural progression. And I think he is going to be a stud in the middle of that defensive line. I think the other thing, to go back to your point about the offensive line and meshing in a close-knit group, you know, typically, Zach, that happens organically where the, some of these kids get recruited together. They're in the same recruiting class. They're on recruiting visits. Auburn doesn't have that luxury. Mm -hmm. You have a bunch of bodies in there that just came from all different parts of the country and different schools. So to mesh like that and to get close like that is something I think it takes work. It just doesn't happen naturally because, hey, remember we were on the recruiting trip and, you know, Big Cat weekend together and all that? That didn't happen with, you know, four-fifths of this offensive line. Yeah. So that they're making the effort and really trying to do that shows me that there's really like-mindedness, and I think that they're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. I think so, too. He also highlighted Justin Rogers when he was asked that question, which – I think Auburn fans are excited to see both him and Jones next to each other. On the same time, the same field, I mean, at the same and, time. And I think when Rogers announced he was transferring here, was like, "Oh, is it him or Jason?" And the fact that it's, they're both playing so well that they moved Jason to the three technique when Rogers is in, I love it. It's going to be difficult to run up the middle. It's a Auburn. lot of beef. It is. It's a lot of beef. It's, it, it's just the bouncing outside thing that I think Auburn really, and we saw that in a day setting the edge because running up the middle and running between tackles, I think Auburn's going to be very yeah, I mean, elite I, I there. I think that was a containment assignment issue. I think because apparently that changes a lot in this defense. Yeah. What else? What, and what we I have new faces and new bodies that have come since then too. That'll That's help true. in that area. Because sometimes it's like the nickel. Sometimes it's the jack. Sometimes it's the linebacker, which... You can't tell me that Larry Nixon the third and McLeod aren't going to help in that area. They will. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. It makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for coming up here. Oh uh, man, thanks for having story. me. I enjoyed the heck out of it. This was great. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll be back on Monday to kind of preview a big week in regards to recruiting, and then look, next week is the last full week until we get actual football on the field to talk about as Auburn starts camp on August second. And if there is an open practice, Locked on Auburn will be there and we will do live shows reacting to what we saw 
every single practice. So until then, check out all of our written work at auburndaily.com, and we will see you on Monday. This has been Locked on Auburn.